0: got a trip
1: Right, Dane just exploded a beer all over himself to start out the podcast. That's a good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, just Dane and I. Ryan's—he's uh, a little busy with work, uh, and he was tired, so he didn't want to come do the podcast tonight. But boom, yeah, that's all right. We'll make it work. Um, Gunnison right now is running about six seventy. I haven't really checked Taylor East, but they're dropping. Um, The the East is dropping.
2: The Taylor is making up most of that. It's at 474 at all. Nice. So it's like almost exactly 200 and out of the East. Nice.
1: Um, Yeah, and I mean, Gunny's fishing good. You know, we've had some good action. We're seeing more and more kokanee. Today, though, on my float, which is a little weird, I didn't, I was. Going to go nymph for some cocaine with some clients and didn't find a single one. They're gone. The yeah, over. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> That's it. That's the biggest run we get. They're not coming. Um, but people are catching them. People are seeing them. I heard the Allmont stretch. They're seeing them. Um, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. That's early. Yeah. Seems I'm just. Early. I'm not seeing... I didn't see any today, and... I don't look that hard for them
2: until they're obviously there. Yeah,
1: Sunday I saw some. Really? Um, in town stretch. Nice. But... Yeah, I mean, Coney are coming in, trout are moving, you know, they're trying to figure out where they want to go, I would say, you know, so sometimes it can be a little tough to find them. Um, Got to look for those spots that people just aren't fishing, man, um, and then you can find the trout a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I mean, the fishing's been good, um, you know, it's been cold in the morning, so we've been starting a little bit later on our floats, and um but, I mean, I think it's it's still producing. We're yet to be into the fall season, you know, where it's going to start picking up um, again. Dude, I think the temperature
2: swing is pretty crazy right now, actually. I think the river is moving like 10 degrees during a day, and the outside temperature is swinging like as much as 40
1: some days, yeah. which is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, this morning at my house it was 35 degrees, and then I think when I took off the river it was almost 85 degrees. Yeah, that's 50 that's, degrees. That's dude. huge. That's big That's time. a big swing. Um, but yeah, um, we got a couple emails, which is nice getting some emails, um, and some questions. We'll go over one. That's pretty simple. I think we can get after pretty quick, but, um, this guy's name is Mike, uh, says enjoying the podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm in the market for a new fly rod. I'm a peasant fisherman. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, small to medium sized rivers in Colorado dries and hopper droppers. Mostly. Can you recommend some good ones? Um, I replied, I'll let you go for it, but, um, I'll, and then I'll tell you what I said. Man, I'll tell you what,
2: I don't, I don't ever, I mean, a three weights fun on a small river, but if I was to, you know, have something that I could take to either, it would definitely still be the nine
1: foot five weight classic yeah. Western trout rod. Yeah. Um good all around. You yeah. know, if you need to nymph, you can still nymph with it. And,
2: um, you know, if you're not a guide and you're not letting people fish it and you really just want something that'll work real well, I'd probably go with a nine foot five Scott Radian. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: what I want to have yeah, for myself. Yeah, that's that's what I want. Um, what what would you recommend just like, I mean, not beating it up too much, but, you know, you don't want to break the bank. Um, you bought a couple of rods the last week or so yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) not by exact choice yeah
1: kind of a have to not a want to turns out um the tfo lefty
2: cray pro 2 yep is actually a really sweet rod i i enjoy fishing it myself
1: and by tfo he's talking temple fork outfitters yeah Um, out of texas yeah (laughs) that is a little weird it's out of texas but good for um, them lefty cray pro series 2 yeah. And that's that doesn't break the bank.
2: No, I think it's like a, it's less than 200 for sure. I think it's yeah. like 150 something retail. Yeah. And uh it's medium fast, mostly tip flex rod. Yep. Uh really good for, you know, dry dropper I've found the way that I fish it anyway. Um I've also found that if you don't have a long leader, it's a little bit aggressive on dry flies, but Gotcha. That's a good point, but you can, you know, you can tailor your leader. Have you been
1: fishing that Echo base too?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yep. I've fished that one for a long time. Um fishes really well for a $90 rod um hell yeah compared to a lot of four
1: to five hundred dollar rods Damn. for sure echo base and lefty cray pro series two from temple fork outfitters both pretty cheap Pretty and cheap. yeah i'd you know i'd stick with the nine foot five honestly um i replied to this guy's email and i told him kind of the exact same thing i said um I told them the Lefty Pro Series 2 is a good one. Um, yeah, dude. But Temple rod. Fork, you know, the thing about it, you know, we, we're not sponsored by Temple Fork, but, you know, for guides um, and even clients alike or anybody, you know, just a fisherman who goes out, it's a great rod for the price, and the warranty's awesome. Great um, warranty. I mean, it's 35 bucks.
2: That's that's exactly and, what Echo
1: is, too, Yeah, on any of their you rods. You get your rod, you know, you break a rod from Temple Fork, send it in, you get it a week later. That's how Echo is, yeah.
2: which is – it's kind of weird because you know i fished hardy rods for a while and, yeah and uh really expensive warranty it's like 80 bucks a section
1: yeah so it's i like mean 10 percent of the rod cost yeah and yeah. it's
2: like dude that's rough and you know i i didn't think that they came back fast enough yeah like if you're hardcore into it and that's like your main fishing rod then
1: but you know i mean coming from us yeah that's what we fish i pretty much only on my boat and I don't, I fish these rods personally too, but you know, during this time of year, I don't get to fish all the time, but I carry the TFO BBKs on my boat. Um, it's a good one. Just, it's a fast action. It's nice and stiff. You know, most people can cast it. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little hard for them, you know, with certain rigs, Yeah. but, um, you know, if you work on that cast just a little bit, you can usually tune them up, but I'd say any of those rods right there by TFO, um, they're great rods and you know most of them are under 250 bucks yeah um, that, which is nice that is nice yeah
2: i'd also recommend the echo three um that's a great rod
1: light. it's a really
2: good rod and it's yeah. about 350 bucks retail um fish is more like a
1: 600 rod, it does i'd say and it, is that medium fast or fast it's i'd uh, say it's I'd more it's medium fast yeah.
2: it's it's got a little bit of flex especially in the nine foot five weight yeah um i fish the 10 footer more than the nine five but
1: they're nice rods yeah the only thing i don't like about that echo is it's only got the one um real screw what do you call that a real seat it's like your real seat screw yeah there's only one on there yeah a lot of that's what's a little nerve-wracking it is that one cinch down it's also um,
2: it's also a little heavy
1: yeah it is heavy
2: i kind of like it i don't know if you're looking for something really light though you might have to go more expensive
1: yeah um but you know those are kind of our opinions on that you know obviously we fish a variety of different rods but for the price, man, you know, that's kind of, I mean, Echo makes a great rod. TFO makes a great rod. I'd Um, go with those two companies. And yeah, they're, I mean, good warranty and you get them back fast. So,
2: and I mean, I fish them both from the boat and walk waiting. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, either way. Um, well, sweet. Thanks for the email there, Mike. Um, we got another one on Instagram here, but, uh, this guy wants to know a little bit more of uh, so on our, I think, I can't remember if it was our last podcast. It might've been where we talked about keeping the faith a little bit with clients. Um, you know, this is, was that on Salty? It might've been on Salty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So basically this guy is also a guide, but he's curious, you know, um, how do you keep that faith with the clients? You know, um, if they're not really willing to learn and listen, how do you overcome that? Um, especially when the fishing is a little slow or whatever. And then he also goes into a little bit, um, do you ever demand that your clients just stop and take a rest a little bit? You know, if you can see they're getting a little tired a and good question. how do you, how do you do with, how do you deal with that without being too bossy about it?
2: I feel like that's a pretty in-depth question. Um, I might, have we can to... start out with the first one. Yeah.
1: Um, basically like, how do you keep the faith? Um,
2: so definitely like if fishing is slow, um, I'll start you know, fishing them a little bit harder when I see that they are starting to kind of, you know, taper off. Dwindle. And they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're obviously dwindling. Um, and the, the fortunate thing about the Gunnison River is there's a lot of really good holes. And so there's always, you know, in your mind, there's always a good opportunity. Yeah. Pretty much immediately after the next one. So I'll have them fish the hole, you know, really hard. I'll row real hard for them and you know really get them to get the right cast and i think that people can for the most part tune into your energy that you're getting excited about it yeah and so they automatically are like oh okay man this might be the one this yeah. might be the one and also i mean if you just have a, a an actual you know real talk with them be like, yeah. look fishing's slow but they're not going to give us any yeah. so you might as well fish it hard yeah that's a good point. Because you're here to fish. I'm here to guide you. Yeah. Let's uh I think, let's you go know,
1: once the guide starts losing faith, then it's kind of all downhill from there. You know, if the guide stops working hard, if the guide kind of has, you know, makes certain comments like, oh, it's real slow. And I I find myself doing that often. I'm like, oh man, it's, you know, that should have been an eat. Yeah. You know, that should have been an eat. I find myself doing that and I start thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be saying stuff like that. You know, like I try and keep right. it as positive as I can, but sometimes I'll, you know, like just pull the boat over change a rig barely, you know, change color of something, you know, yeah. and just be like, all right, you know, new bugs, new chances, new opportunities. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, it that is hard trying to keep those clients going when it's slow um, or when they don't yeah. want to be involved. But if you can, like, you know, my lady today kind of lost a little faith in it and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, one out of 30 casts would be a good cast. You should come up and eat her dry fly. And it was like, boom, there you go. And she'd missed because she wasn't quite in tune with it and didn't want to, you could tell she was getting tired. Yeah. Um, and you know, once they start getting a little tired, I start, you know, I can move a little faster and just be like, all right, you know, I can tell you're getting worn out. You know, half day might've also been a little too much for you. A quarter (laughs) day trip. You know, yeah, maybe we should have done two and a half hours. Yeah. You know, um, but that, that's a great question. That's hard. You know, every guide kind of comes up with their own, you know, thing to keep people going. Um. You know, just keep it light, you know, and tell them, you know, hey, man, you know, like, we're fishing, dude. You know, if it it was easy, everyone would be doing it. I say that a lot. You know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, and I just go sometimes like, hey, man, like, we had a lot of opportunities. You know, when the fishing was good, we had a lot of opportunities. Now the fishing's slow, and we don't have those opportunities anymore. You know, and so you got to work harder for them. You got to be more into it. Yeah. Um, because when you weren't ready at the beginning of the float, when fishing was good, you you know, you weren't there. And now, you know, you're thinking it's not good and you're going, well, it could be me. I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough to keep them going.
2: I mean, it's it gets difficult because, you know, obviously you're on a guided trip, so a lot of the blame wants to get placed directly on the guide immediately. Oh, definitely. And, you know, sometimes that may be the case, but... For the most part, your fishing guide has been doing this every day. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's important to realize that, you know, maybe you're not doing exactly what needs to happen every time, but he's trying or she is trying to get you to do what needs to happen every time. And so, you know, like I was saying, a lot of times they're not going to give it up for free. You know, you got to really be able to fish it well. For them to come up and eat because, you know, you are trying to fool them after all.
1: And, you know, some people can take that. Some people can't. You know, some people can understand like, hey, man, I'm good with what I did today. You know, everything's good. Like if it's slow, it's slow, whatever. Some people can't. You know, they're like, well, we need to change. We need to do this. We need to do that. You're like, well, you know, we don't necessarily need to change. We just have to fish harder now. You know, the sun's high. We got to do this differently and maybe just have a little talk. Be Like, look, you know. We gotta change our game up. We gotta think harder. We gotta be better. You know, like we've done all yeah. the practice. You know, we missed all the fish we did, but now we have to be in it. And if they're not there, they're not there. Yeah. You know, sometimes they just sit down for a minute. I don't like to take no for an answer, as I you don't, know, Dane, I but, don't either, but um, you know, sometimes it's just it's tough. Um and you just kind of gotta break it down to people. Like look, like I understand you spend a lot of money, but this is this is what it is. It's fishing. It is
2: it is fishing. Yeah. Fishing's always good. It's yeah. catching that exactly. Uh, can be shitty sometimes. But a lot of times I'll pull the boat over entirely and be like, Look, I feel like, you know, maybe I didn't show you exactly what yep. I needed you to do. Exactly. And so let we'll, me show you. We'll take a lot of that time to really start dialing some stuff in without it being like, you know, in the actual
1: yeah. fishing holes.
2: Yeah that need to be hit hard yeah. and, and hit well because a lot of times float fishing especially now you got one really good shot at it and you need to make it count yeah otherwise it's on to the next you can't be casting into that hole three or four times and now it's gone
1: so. i get that completely and he, he you know he kind of brings up the psychology of it you know um kind of how like getting it hacks for the client mindset you know and sometimes that's hard but Again I think if the guide stays upbeat if the guide stays in it if the guide wants to keep being there then usually the clients will be in it yeah absolutely. and if they understand that hey my guide's trying hard he's there he's working for us we're not catching him we're not catching him you know if he's if he's being yeah. positive about it and trying to put him on fish and I think it's a better time I think, um,
2: I think yeah if you if you can really break it down to somebody like, if it gets that way to where it's real slow and it just starts to get to the point where it's like, oh, man, what are we doing? You yeah. got to pull over and you got to be like, look, we're fishing. We're fly fishing. Fly fishing ain't easy, yeah. but we're fishing. You know, and we're, you get, we're not working.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you get people – I mean, we're working, but you, well, get, you get people that will kind of get down on themselves about it if they miss a fish or whatever. And you go, hey, look, it's fishing. You know, this isn't easy. I mean, yeah. this is what – You know, if you miss a fish, you miss a fish. I miss fish all the time, you know? Like, everyone misses fish. It happens, you know? But just stay in it. Keep going. Keep trying.
2: Missing fish is a lot easier to overcome than not getting them to eat anything. Exactly. And that's what's tough. That
1: does happen. It does. I
2: I know that there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you're just not throwing the right bug. It's like, well, if you go look at what these fish are actually doing when they're just hunkered to the bottom of the river... I mean, they're, they're passing up plenty of natural bugs and not eating them. So
1: exactly. That's a good point as well, you know? And yeah, that's a good way to explain it. Um, you know, and it, it's, you're trying to convince a wild creature to eat some feather and some, you know, some shit on a hook. (laughs) It gets
2: tough, but I mean, um,
1: so, I mean, yeah, it's hard. Um, we can kind of dive into the second part of this where it says, you know, do you ever demand that your client stop and take a rest? Sometimes I feel like. It's a good option when they're struggling over and over again, um, but not trying to be too bossy. I definitely keep it. I don't say, like, hey, we should stop and take a rest. You know, it's like, hey, let's pull over for a minute. Let's exactly. take, you know, let's grab some water. Let me re-rig, let me dry your fly, whatever I need to do, and make sure that, hey, drink some water, you know, sit down for a mm-hmm. moment, take a breather. It's not easy. I can't fish all day. It's hard to fish eight hours. No, it's hard to it's, fish four it's hours. ridiculous. But, you know, you kind of just do these nonchalant things. That's where exactly it's like, hey, we're just is. taking a breather. Or, you know, you might pass it or you get close to an area where it's like, hey, this is tough fishing. Like, this is tough to cast into. This is tough to do whatever. Hey, pick them up for a minute. Let me just row you down. You know, take a breather. Enjoy the scenery. You know, get their mind off of something else. Get their mind off of them struggling or them being tired for just a moment. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, that's that's exactly what I do is I definitely bring the whole team mentality to it. I'm yeah. like, hey, you know, let's... uh. Let's stop. Let's get some water. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. You need some water. You need yeah, to sit you down. You need a rest. You're tired. I'm gonna be like, you know what? Let's let's chill for a moment. Yeah. You know, find a nice little shady spot, anchor up, pull out some waters, some yeah. Gatorades, cokes, whatever. Yeah. You know,
1: it. take a breather, talk about something else. You know, pull you out some snack. snacks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, dude. How many times has a snack like made the morale just go up in the? Boat? Absolutely. Oh yeah, and some water. You know, cold water and some snacks that usually yep. just boosts morale where you're like all right cool guys we and we just joke around for a minute no fishing is happening unless you're that guy who wants to fish the whole time which we have but
2: yeah, they're, they're there but you know what you can usually get them start talking about themselves take a break drink some water sit in the shade enjoy the scenery you know stop yeah. and smell the flowers
1: i try and do that move a lot like stop in the shade yep um, that's a, that's i do that a, as do much it. as possible like hey let's take a little shade break for a minute while we got it you know let's mm-hmm. stop in the shade and take a breather
2: or get everybody to get out and yeah. really take a piss. Yeah,
1: exactly. Get a little yeah. walk around, you know, get, get some blood flowing. Yeah.
2: You know, and sometimes it depends on the client, but a lot of times, you know, they really they get into, like, the little tiny rapids. That we have, oh yeah, and I'll hit, instead of going to the best fishing spot, I'll hit them hard. Yeah, and just get them a little and like, wet, get wake them a them up. splash. Yeah, that's like, a, oh. that's a pro
1: move, <laughs> pro move right there. They're just like, oh, look at that. Yeah, and so, boom, wake but up. But you got to read your clients. Bro. Yeah, you exactly. can't be taking you know eighty five
2: year old man blasting
1: <laughs> through the white That's not cool. So I mean, that's a that's a really good question and a tough question to answer. Um, you know, some people just can't keep the faith and don't want to do it, but, um, you know, I, hopefully we answered some of it. Well, I think it, but, the
2: the last part of that that is, uh, is kind of tough is if you have somebody that just straight up doesn't want to be there, Yeah, that's hard to manage. Oh, yeah. Um, you mostly just got to keep it lighthearted, keep them joking. Yeah, and, keep uh, talking
1: to them, you know, if they're not fishing or whatever, just start talking to them, ask them questions, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden you blew by a mile or river and they didn't, you know, it's like...
2: And maybe the but, river will give one up to him. Yeah, you know, but we're hanging
1: out, we're talking, you know, we're still fishing, we're having a good time. It's the experience, you know. It's not necessarily just like, hey, we're not catching fish. It's the whole experience. Well, that's
2: the beauty of um, float fishing, yeah.
1: Especially is like you a got something to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whole time. Yeah. So
2: book it's a great, float, not a walk.
1: Great question. Um, real great question. But um, so this podcast. We're actually going to do, you know, we're not experts on this, but this kind of our experiences, um, and I have a bunch written down, Dane. I kind of showed you, but perfect. Um, Let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about dry fly fishing. Um, again, we're not experts. We don't have an expert on the podcast right now, um, <laughs> but you know, and a lot of this is learned from other people as well, and from ourselves, our own experimentation. Some of it learned from others, um, mentors or whatever. But, um, you know, the reason why we kind of wanted to talk about this, um, I got to go back to my notes just a little bit cause I have, oh yeah, here we go. Um, so Dane and I kind of, you know, we were, we were floating the other evening. Um, I got done with a trip and Dan was like, Hey man, let's blow it afterwards. Just leave your boat in the water. Let's run. Like, cool, man. Let's do it. And I told him kind of how it was that morning, you know, oh man, dude, they're coming up and eating the hopper. It was good. Like. And we had a little overcast that day, but, um, you know, we were fishing. We started floating. You know, we had a bunch of hopper takes right off the bat, um, and it was sick. It was awesome it was to watch. It was great. It was badass. You know, I mean, real tight to the bank, just big fish moving out from the bank, eating hoppers. And we were also fishing water that nobody really looks at too much. We were trying to do that, um, which is a good tactic, you know, if the river's been also hit pretty works. hard.
2: Yeah um there's a lot of fish in this river so they can't all be in the same
1: spot. yeah exactly um you know and we switched up and i i was just kind of like you know what dude i gotta i got a dry rig running like let's check it out man if they're eating hoppers let's see what happens and you know got a couple takes here and there moved a couple nice fish and pulled over for a minute and i started tinkering as i do and i was like man you know i think we need to change it up i think we need to change our bugs just a little bit i was throwing a stimmy um and a little caddis and i was like man i I think I want to go caddis to a little mayfly or a little betis or yeah. something. And, um, I won't tell you exactly what bugs we were using cause they're <laughs> kind of uh, a little secret, but, um, you know, we saw some bugs bouncing around. It wasn't crazy, but we did a little tinkering and man, all of a sudden, I don't know if it was time of day or if it was bugs or what it I was, I think it's water temperature could be water temperature. That's what I, think. um, but all of a sudden, man, it just lit up and we weren't seeing a ton of fish rising. This yeah. was the thing, you know, yeah. we weren't seeing fish jumping everywhere. We we're just like, ah, screw it. You know, let's screw around a little bit, see what happens. And that evening turned into, I think, the best dry fly fishing I've ever had on the Gunnison.
2: I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, it, it was, was absolutely uh, insane. It was bonkers.
1: Um, and, you know, it's kind of, we start thinking about it. And, you know, day and I like to really talk about what's happening, what we're doing to our rigs and what we think is going on. We like to think, you know, kind of that. Scientific aspect to we'll it, we'll change it real oh, yeah. quick, too. Oh, yeah, and we did. I mean, it was like, nope, this isn't working, let's change it. And we ended up putting on a caddis and a little betis, and we actually changed that betis color one time, yeah, and then and two dry flies. Um, but and then all of a sudden, it was just like lights out, it was every cast. Oh, yeah, um, it was constant, it was insane for
2: the next, you know, what, and, it was six miles. Oh,
1: there? I mean, yeah, it was just it was crazy, it was bonkers, man, and it was just like baseball you know just couple hits you're done you know a like couple fish you're out change yep. up let's keep fishing and yep. you know at one point you're even like oh i'm gonna fish your rod i want to fish <laughs> your rig because it's working it was like it wasn't it was a team effort though it oh, wasn't yeah. that i had it figured out it was just like oh found the right thing well i
2: never that night i never took the dry dropper off my rod we just put it in the rod holder and just took turns fishing yours because you had switched up
1: yeah exactly it was like well these are two dries let's just keep fishing these um but you know like again it was kind of like i don't know if it was water temp if it was time of day if it was that cloud cover we had earlier that day or what it was but it was one of those things where it was just like man we're not really seeing fish rise we're rising to our hopper yeah they're looking up oh yeah they're looking up but what if we go dries and see what happens? Might as well. And it worked out. And that's kind of where this podcast started, where it was like, hey, man, we need to talk about some dries and talk about, you know, how we fished them that night, you know, kind of how we fish them with clients or whatever, and what yeah. we started doing differently, where it was like, you know, the thing we started thinking about too, we were throwing real light hopper droppers, like real small hopper to one dropper. Yeah. Um, and no one's doing that. No. no one's been doing that on the Gunnison. No. I'm not trying to give away too many secrets, but we were thinking outside the box a little bit. A little bit. And just, it's fun to throw. Oh, it's easy to throw, too. Yeah. You know, you can get it tight to the bank. Um, put it everywhere. Yeah, you can put it wherever you want. And, you know, this isn't – we didn't come up with this. You know, this isn't no, – we just started – an original no, idea here. We just started screwing around with our rigs. Um, and this is where this podcast kind of came from. So we're going to talk about, you know, some dry fly techniques, I would say, just kind of what we yeah. do. Um, I know you have some ideas, and obviously, I have a shitload written down. Yeah, you got of like a, six pages. Quite a thing going. Um, and I gotta kind of remember where I have everything. I kind of have an outline, <laughs> but I'm gonna be going back and forth. But I mean, to sum up dry, dry fly fishing, if you haven't dry fly fished um, or just getting into fly fishing, dry fly fishing is the epitome of fly fishing.
2: That's what you think of. Yeah.
1: That's what everyone sees. You get to throw a bug out that floats on top of the water, and you get to see a fish come up and eat it. In fact,
2: you know, most never-evers, they're like, what? That sinks? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, this is fly fishing, I thought.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't understand. Um, But— it is, you know, it is one of those things where it's like everyone gets into it once they see that fish come up. Absolutely. That's what it looked me. Oh, yeah. You dude. know, throwing poppers for bass when it's I was growing up. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was like, this is awesome. You know, this is what I want to do. You get to watch them eat it. Um, There's no
2: snagging a rock with a dry no, fly. No,
1: exactly. You can fish it anywhere. That's yeah. one of the great parts about That's it. Awesome. Um, and a lot of people, you know, here's the thing that happens with people who think about dry fly fishing. They want a prolific hatch yeah they yes. are waiting for a hatch to throw dry flies you know and we didn't quite see a hatch the other day well there was some caddis no, bouncing here and there but not a you know not a hatch no it wasn't like a big green drake catch. it was mother's day caddis. exactly it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't mother's like day that. caddis hatch it wasn't these things it was just happen chance we threw the dries and they eat so one thing i kind of have written down is you don't necessarily need a prolific hatch to fish fish dry flies true um you know you can as matt miller would say tease them up you know you, and can. you can tease them up to the surface um another thing he says i don't know where he got it from but fish don't look down you yeah. know fish have to look up we got to um and that's one of those things you know um where you i wanted to de- debunk that a little bit where you don't need a pro- prolific hatch to throw dry flies yeah and um
2: and i think that uh one of the main things that I've been thinking about is that when you start to find fish sitting in shallow water and you can kinda use that little dry dropper to find this happening, is when they're sitting in shallow water and they gotta move six inches to eat it dry, you know, that's that's different than them, you know, hunkering down eating nymphs in yeah. the bottom of a big run. Definitely. You know, so you can kind of start to and that's where the tease it up things thing comes in because it's like dude you know he's only got to move six inches if you can get it right oh yeah he's gonna be more willing to come up and eat
1: that definitely um you know and yeah ex- they don't have to expend a ton of energy but you still need to put it there oh yeah you, you know, gotta like get it there if those fish are tight to the bank you can't be three feet off the bank and expect to catch your no, fish they're not gonna move for that um you know and we we after that night we kind of started thinking pretty hard about our dry fly fishing pretty hard um and you know there's gonna be i I know one guy in particular who's gonna talk a little shit about this one but yeah um you know i mean we had a couple days off in a row and we decided we'd just kind of fish dry flies and see what would happen um and we did well and we were finding them in different areas you know we were finding them in shallow water we were catching fish and four inches of water, you know, a nice fish.
2: Yeah. Big fish that you, you can't even see sitting there, but, yeah. but they're there.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, so there is technique, you know, you definitely have to be tight to the bank at times and hit your spots, hit your pockets, um, make sure you get good drifts. Um, you know, and with the caddis we were throwing, you know, you can kind of skate a little bit and that's where that tease it up comes in. Yep. You know, you can skate that caddis a little bit and Just tease watch, him.
2: watch what a real caddis does. Yep, it he bounces. Doesn't, he doesn't sit there.
1: Um, you know, and we can get into kind of our, our rigs a tad. Um, there's some things we don't want to give away. We'll tell you that right now. Um, there's definitely (laughs) some things we don't want to give away because those are things you need to pay for to see. (laughs) Um, you know, and again, this isn't just, we, this isn't our technique. This is stuff that we've learned from other people as well. Um, but we started learning, you know, a little bit, kind of how these fish are sitting and what bugs we need to be throwing and how we need to place those bugs down and, you know, we saw a lot of fish coming up. We started talking about, you know, the fish coming up and eating that mayfly, just sipping. Yeah. Just coming up and sipping that may. And then the caddis, they'd crush. Yeah. You know, they'd come up and crush that caddis once it bounces a little bit. Well, um, I mean,
2: you can, you can think about it scientifically. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know? Like, what's happening? What do you see? Mayflies just sitting on the water, cruising down. Caddis bounce. Yeah. So
1: easier to sip a may you know you gotta smoke a caddis yeah exactly because they're moving so um you know and we kind of figured out a little bit of that and that was just us talking about it like it's interesting you know how these fish are coming up for that little mayfly or that betis you know and just sipping it and you'd see a lot of you barely see them just come up
2: and just inhale it and it's happened on my guide trips is where you know You think you can see these fish eat off the surface, but a lot of times my clients will not see a dry fly eat because it's so subtle, especially on the bigger fish for the most part. You know, they'll come and just like inhale a bunch of water with the fly. Oh, yeah, definitely. And just barely, barely poke their little nose up out of the water. Oh,
1: for sure. It's cool to watch. It's
2: really cool to watch Um, when you can actually see it.
1: So kind of about our rig... Um, again, I'm not going to go into everything, but off the boat that day, you know, in the last couple of days I've been throwing a seven and a half foot three X liter. That's what um, I've been throwing. and that's all mono or nylon or whatever. And then going, you know, a section of tippet to our back fly. Yeah. <laughs> mm. section of tippet section. Um, we'll call it that and using again, nylon or mono cause it floats. Um, dude, I use fluorocarbon a lot. Do you? I, but it depends on the fly yeah sometimes it seems to pull down those flies a tad um yeah just because that fluoro does sink yeah um and you know and we've talked about this before on tippet podcast but that day you know we were throwing a seven and a half foot leader was just a little bit easier to get accurate out of the boat you know than throwing that nine foot because we're not throwing huge casts no here you know we're running that boat pretty close to the bank but we're you know throwing short casts, trying to be as accurate as we can trying to get it under bushes in little pockets real tight to the bank as close as we can get and so that seven and a half foot 3x had a little bit more oomph to it yeah than a nine foot might
2: well i like what you said the other day to one of our buddies is um and it was actually pertaining to hopper dropper but the same goes for these dry flies kind of is you're you're fishing it like where you'd put a streamer
1: yeah and it's cool because you get to see fish. Yeah, yeah, that was a good. I forgot I said that's that. A, but. That's a good one, and that
2: helped him out. Yeah. to understand what exactly we were trying to get him to do because he's yeah. not a guide, but he's he's a good fisherman.
1: Yeah, it's like, hey, put it, you know, put the hopper dropper where you throw a streamer. Try and get that hopper dropper where you throw a streamer. Because I you mean, know, look for it the makes pockets. Sense. Yeah, it does, and I mean those fish are there. Um, yeah, that is a great point, but that seven and a half foot definitely helps. You know, um, yeah, walk waiting. You know, it might be different we can go into that here in a little bit um i kind of have some
2: i've got some ideas on yeah it.
1: i got yeah. a little chart <laughs> i grew up dry fly fishing <laughs> yeah yeah creeks. you did um but so we can go into flies just a little bit you know i know you brought this up when we were texting back and forth about this podcast but kind of natural versus synthetic materials mm-hmm. um and kind of what that does for you and how that's going to act on the water. I don't know if you want to go into that now or you want me to start or how you want to do it.
2: Well, I mean, I can just say that, you know, there's there's a lot of dry flies, even still, that are tied um, with natural materials. And they're starting to be way more and more like little microphone patterns and things like that that are all synthetic. But like, you know, take an elk hair caddis, for example. It's hackle feather, you know, yeah. usually super fine animal dubbing Yep, and deer elk hair for the whole thing and you know that's why on those type of flies you know it it matches the color real well already because you know it's naturally occurring yeah but i think the main part about it is picking your floating for it and coming from it's
1: true we can go into that here yeah Um, i don't want to jump ahead but like um, i you know like i would say like my rig you know and you know me i'm a foam guy i've talked mm -hmm. about it on the podcast a lot but It's my first fly. If I'm throwing dry flies is usually going to have foam on it. Mine too. Um, I need that thing floating all day. You know, I want it floating all day and rarely do I have to change out that first fly. Yeah. Unless it's just getting smoked all day, you know, which hopefully is what you want. That's, that's Um, what's supposed to happen. (laughs) And you know, if you, if you go and listen to Patrick Blackdale and I podcast about our top 10 flies, I do talk about this caddis I was throwing. You got to go and do the research. I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I do talk about this caddis, um, that I throw and it does have some foam on it, but I, I do like every, every dry fly is going to have some synthetic and some, you know, like most of them yeah. nowadays are yeah, going to have some, sure. you know, some synthetic material, wing material Especially or something. Especially all the new ones coming Exactly. Out. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, like I like the synthetic materials a little bit more cause they, you know, they shed that water a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, especially that McFly lawn, like wing posts and stuff like that. They shed that water better. And that's kind of why I fish those. That's a garage door. Oh, nice. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, nice. nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, I mean, you do make a good point where it does depend on floating. Um, I still want to talk about flies just for a second.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, no, totally.
1: I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, you're good.
2: But like also, um, rubber legs. Rubber legs on flies. Yep. You know, that's obviously a man-made material. Yeah. And it really can help balance and keel a fly and, and help it flow because it naturally just wants to flow and it'll straighten it out. Yeah. You know, you even even sometimes you'll throw like a rubber leg fly and it'll land sideways or upside down. You just like move it a little yeah. bit. And it's it just, like a, almost and it like, brr, like a cataract. Yeah. You know,
1: it has those, you know, those pontoons on the side yeah. keeping it up. You exactly. know, it kind of helps with that. Um, you know... I, I can't think of the word right now, but it helps keep that water displaced a yeah. little bit more. and that's and super And helps float it, yeah. Um, you know, and I want to—I kind of want to bring that up too, you know, like a tractor versus natural. You know, like are you going to go a tractor? And we started out the other night throwing in a tractor. We started yeah. throwing out throwing a stimulator. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't quite having it. You know, they wanted something a little bit more natural. They would look at it, but occasionally. And yeah. would, they would back up off. Yeah. Of um, and so that's kind of, you know, it depends. I'd say I think it's going to come with you got to test it out and see what happens. Every um, fishery is different, too. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and the stimmy I was throwing the other day had foam on it, legs, hackle, you know, wing, all kinds of crap. Yeah. It was pretty noisy. Um, and so that could have been part of the problem, too. You know, these bishops seen a lot of bugs that are pretty noisy. Yeah. Um, And by noisy, I mean just vibrant. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, it doesn't quite look like what they're used to. Yeah. And I was trying to tease them up that way, and it wasn't happening. We ended up having to go more natural with it. Um, And it helped. But I think one of those things, too, is, you know, like, how do you decide, you know, that attractor or not when you're trying to tease them up if there's not a prolific hatch? You know, it's like you can – Again, it's just kind of trial and error. Exactly. I think.
2: Well, that's that's fishing, right? You know, you got to figure out what they're eating and, Same with and what you too. can yeah. what you can make them eat. You know, because like with the attractor, okay, you don't see a prolific hatch, but maybe they're looking up. You know, I'd try it first for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, we need to go really small, natural, yeah. hard to see.
1: Oh, I'm gonna try a big one like, first. See if yeah. they're gonna eat a
2: hopper. Yeah, or a small hopper, or something obnoxious yeah
1: stimmy or you know like i mean the other day i was throwing a 409 yeah amy's um, ant yeah something, something like that you know you know you might be able to tease them up that way um in our case it wasn't you know we had those hopper takes oh. right at the beginning but once we got onto the dries it was like all right we need to think more natural yeah and then we started seeing all the fish <laughs> well the
2: and also the hopper i was throwing was a little it was,
1: it was <laughs> a little it was more. working
2: it wasn't as uh, obnoxious as some hoppers you yeah. could throw
1: yeah I'll um just say that before we go into the floating a little bit um you know let's say there is you know a significant hatch um something going on we might as well talk about all the dry fly yeah. scenarios yeah totally um if there is a significant hatch going on if there is a good caddis hatch or a good mayfly betas whatever hatch there is um you know, I'd say that's where you get a little bit different. You definitely want to match size and color as be- and profile almost as best yeah. as possible. I think that size and profile have a that's, lot to do with those it. Those are the first two that I'm yeah. looking at. And then size and profile. Then color. Yeah, exactly. Color comes that's third good. That's a very opinion. good point. I'd, yeah. I'd say the same with me. Um, you know, so if there is a prolific hatch and it's going on, you know what they're eating. You know, you know the bug, and you have them. You know, I I. In my case, I don't necessarily start out small. No, I'm going to throw the biggest I can get away with and see what happens. Absolutely, because um, that way I can see it. Clients can see it. Anybody yeah. can see it. But and it's cooler for yeah, some reason yeah. when they eat a bigger fly. It's a lot fly, more fun. Cooler. I don't yeah, know. It's way more fun. Um, but so with that significant hatch going on, you know, you definitely want to match color and size as best. Or sorry, size profile, profile and then color. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, size That's profile. That's the way that I would color. do it. Exactly. Yeah. In that um, order. And then you can start, you know, if you start seeing refusals, then you can start sizing down. Also if, watch your it. Yeah, tip it could be a huge thing too. You know, if you're throwing 3X when you need five or you need four, it yeah. could be a big thing. You know, and we might, I might be getting refusals these days because I'm throwing 3X still. now I should I'm be throwing tired. four. You know, right it doesn't 3X. matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it could be something like that. But, you know, start, if you're getting refusals, you know start thinking about those bugs a little more okay maybe i need to size down and maybe size one of those flies down if you're a single dry fly guy it's a little bit tougher for you yeah
2: yeah but, and you got to put it in the right spot there's no real moving it cuz you're going to try to mend it and you're going to pull it away yeah
1: i'd say too you know one thing i learned in the past i was i can't remember where i read this article but it was kind of about technical dry fly fishing a little bit if you see you know if you're trying to get a big fish and you see that big fish rise don't immediately cast over him. Yeah, no. You'll spook that fish down. He'll sit down. I would say, you know, in my opinion, if there is good hatch or you're seeing a fish rise consistently, watch him for a minute. Time him. Yeah, time that fish. I mean, watch how many. You know, you watch. Pull out a stopwatch. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, watch when he comes up and eats. You know, he's obviously looking at something. Try and time when he comes up and yep. eats. That fish is eating. He's not going to just go down. No. he's, so he's looking up for hard. A minute. Yep time them watch them and then try and figure out how you're going to place your cast you don't want to line them yeah, you know you don't want to place him, and you want to that. get that cast above him so that it can float down to him um or her whatever whatever it is <laughs> yeah whatever that fish may be but watch that fish a little bit you know um especially if it's a big one and you want to get that fish that's kind of a tough part i see yeah dan's gonna disappear i'll talk for a minute um he's gonna use the banyo. Um, but basically like what I'm saying is, is you don't necessarily, you see a lot of guys who, you know, clients, whoever, avid fishermen who'll see a fish rise and they'll immediately put it right on that fish's nose and spook it. It's done. It's not going to eat. So what you want to do, I mean, if you're floating, it's a little bit different. You still want to try and, you know, as a guide, you're watching downstream constantly, even as a fisherman, you're watching downstream constantly kind of through your peripherals, what's happening below you on the banks, but you always want to try and put that fly above that fish so that it can float down to, and that fish has time to look at it. Um, Especially when you're walking you don't want to spook a fish right off the bat because you don't have a whole lot of opportunity. So if you see that fish come up, time it, and then place one above him um, or above that fish and try and get it to come down as naturally as possible. And let those bugs, I'd say this is a big one too, let those bugs pass that fish. Yeah, he might have moved down a little bit. Who knows? Also, they'll come back for it. They might come back for it. They might turn around and come and hit it. But I'd say let those bucks pass that fish. That way, when you go up and cast, you don't line that fish and spook it.
2: You know what the other the other good point about that is is um, maybe you didn't hit the cast where you wanted it. You don't want to pick it up from in front of it. Leave it. Just let it ride. You know, he might move for it, or you know, maybe he just doesn't care about where it is. But just let it pass and then get your next shot. You don't want to pick it up in front of him, and that'll spook him
1: oh, yeah. for sure. I've seen more clients do that than anything where, like, they don't hit right where they want to hit, and then they pick up and that fish hunkers down. That's a big Especially big during one. a big hatch where, you know, it's a green drake catch or something happening on the tailor, and you're up there walkway, and, yeah. and you're getting into a lot of fish rising. You see one that you want, and then they cast over it, and they pick up and line that fish not. and spook it and, yeah.
2: and you know it makes that sound that like when you pull it out of the water sometimes oh, yeah. that was
1: great <laughs> <laughs> i like that one
2: <laughs> dude we've all heard yeah, it. yeah exactly we all like know what it sounds they like. can hear that in the water oh yeah they got a big lateral line oh yeah hear that. they know they're gonna be bummed uh,
1: about it and so yeah i mean those are some kind of good walk waiting tips i guess too especially when there's a significant hatch but um if there's not you know you can still tease them up but you know if you're seeing those fish rise you know make sure you play it right you know don't just go don't just go balls deep trying to cast in yeah you don't want to do that um make sure you're watching that fish just a little bit um so all right a little bit about we'll talk about some maintenance a little bit let me see make sure we covered covered some of this um yeah we covered most of this you know um yeah all right we can talk about maintenance of dry flies a little bit Yeah, Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. So the hardest, yeah, that's a big part. You see, again, I say this a lot, but you do see it. As guides, we see it way more, but you'll see a lot of people go and fish dry flies and don't know how to maintain them. You know, they have a lot of sinking dry flies. And that that ain't going to do it. No, and that also goes back to what kind of materials you're using on your flies. But Dane and I were, you know, experimenting the other day and, you know, mine's better. Oh, no, mine's better. Well, try mine, you know. Here, try this one, you know. Try this floating, try this dry this out, you know, do what, but we were experimenting, trying to figure out what was better, um, and what worked better in different situations or whatever. Um, the hardest thing about dry flies, and I've been starting to tell my clients this, you know, Hey, these are dry flies. We got to keep them dry, right? That's the point of a dry fly. Keep it 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 dry. Once that fly starts drowning, you're done you either got to pick up and recast or dry it out or, you know, do anything, but leave it there. Exactly. Do anything, but let it drown. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't understand the maintenance that ensues with these dry flies. Um, you need to be able to see those dry flies floating and, you know, sometimes even with size, but you need to be able to see them floating. Yeah. You know, that's a big part of it is making sure that they float. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about the maintenance, you know, Again, once those flies start sinking, you're no longer throwing dry flies. I might
2: not go into brands yeah. necessarily. No. no, that's fine. But you know, because I like, like you said before, we got to have have a little bit of a we got to make our money. Hand.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, we got to have a leg up on some people. You know, we're in the fish yeah. catching business. Again, yeah, we want to give you guys the most information possible, but we are in the fish catching business, and the more leg ups we can have, we want them. Yeah. So again, we're not going to tell you everything, but We'll talk about maintaining them. Um, I'll talk about a couple points real quick and I'll let you go to yours. I'm not trying to like steal the show here. Dude, you're the host. Um, (laughs) I am. Um, So, I mean, maintenance starts, I have this written down, but maintenance starts from the moment you tie them on. It doesn't, you know, like I see a lot of people again who will tie on a dry fly and forget to put floating on mm. and just cast it. You're doomed. And then they're toast. Those dry flies are they're done. Never gonna they're never going to work. No, they're not going to float anymore. So now you have to dry those flies out and then maintenance them. Or you got to tie on new dry flies. You see people do that all the time. I go, did you put floating on that? What do you mean? Well, just cause it has poem on it doesn't mean it's going to float all day. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to give yourself the upper hand as much as possible to keep those flies floating. Um, so it starts from the moment you tie them on. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like how to go, how to start this, but I can let you go into it a little bit. You know, everyone always, you know, know they know the Luna well. Um, You know, they, a lot of people use that. They use the, yeah, the, you know, liquid floating. floating. Yeah, there's all kinds of floating you know. out there. Again, we're not going to go too crazy into them, um, but there's all kinds of floating out there these days. Everyone's coming up with their new kind of floating. I'll give you a couple things yeah. here and there. Um, but let's let's talk about kind of your process when you tie on a dry fly.
2: Okay, so at all times, <clears throat> in my bag, there's three different kinds of float. You got shake, you got gel, and you got straight liquid. So you could use dry shake, which that ain't no secret. Gink, that ain't no secret, and Flyagra, that ain't no secret either. But there's a time and a place for each of them.
1: I think there is. I believe that too. You know.
2: So, the other day, I'll just start with this. I heard some kid in the fly shop, and he was talking about the Chubby Chernobyl, which is not a
1: secret fly either. No.
2: And he's like, I fish it. I just fished it this year, and I couldn't get it to stay up. And it's like, that's interesting because it's full the, foam. when I throw them, they, they can hold up an anvil. Yeah. But you- can throw you, two pickles underneath yeah, those things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing is that big poly wing holds floating- but it also holds water. Exactly. So you need to try to deter the water before you put it in the water. Yep. And I, I personally like to use the liquid on that because it just gets all up in there. And then I dry it off real well before I fish it. I don't yeah. just go liquid straight to the water. Yeah. Because then it just kind of gets... And there's it.
1: a bunch of different liquids yeah. out there. It there gets are.
2: every little fiber, yeah. you know, of it that way. I. That's just the way that I do it. There's, a, you know, more than one way to skin a cat.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Um so I mean okay, let's talk about this. So like that's your start of your process with that chubby, um you like the liquid you know i use a loon type product you know i use kind of a quell. you know kind of a gel or yeah like gink or whatever yeah gink um all those guys you know everyone yeah (laughs) it's not gink (laughs) everyone uses something like that um for the most part you know there's tons of them out there orvis makes one sims makes one they all have them they all have these you know these kind of paste type floatings yeah 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 i like to use that you know if we're talking about the chubby I do mine a little bit differently. You know, I like to put a little bit, you know, like maybe a pea size of paste on my fingers, warm it up a little bit, mix it up. And then I try and get every fiber I possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get the foam, I get the dubbing, the legs, well, everything. We
2: also look insane when we're oh, dressing yeah. a chubby. We gotta comb oh, yeah. it out. And,
1: and I comb mine out. Yeah. You know, I, I like to have as much surface area and spread all those that oh, yeah. poly wing around. I pick that for um, I comb my yeah, my chubbies, I comb. Get the afro um, sheen, yeah, get exactly the afro pick. pick it out, pick out that afro a little bit.
2: But that's that's not necessarily dry fly no. fishing. That's hopper fishing.
1: So dry flies, okay. Here's kinda like what I this I've been thinking about this a lot because we've been talking about how we're going to do this podcast. Yeah. But, um, you know, I what I'll do is I'll tie my flies on, everything good, and then I'll grease them up. That's how and I, I grease. I don't try and put you. Less is more. Exactly, in my opinion. You know, if you can just barely coat everything, instead of you see people too, just grease them up and then they don't float. Yeah. That's and you got to wear off that. It down. Yeah. So less is more when it comes to floating, I'd say. Well, especially with the paste.
2: You know, if you're throwing a true dry fly, you want to just get enough on yeah.
1: each fiber. Yeah. You
2: don't want to bog cake it down. It.
1: Yeah. You don't want to cake it.
2: And so, yeah. And I use, I don't use the liquid on like an Elk Air Caddis or Parachute Adams. I use. A more of a gel because yep. the greasier you can get it you know the longer it's gonna repel water eventually and, it wears off and
1: we started playing around with this but we'll, we'll go into that here in a minute um so after i grease them up i'll actually debarb my hooks yeah. even if i'm throwing a two fly rig you can yeah. still debarb it. you rarely lose that there's fly. N- no it, it doesn't it's not it's, gonna come off it really. doesn't do that Um, but I debarb my hooks. And the reason I do that, I don't debarb every hook again. I'm in the fish catching business. (laughs) I don't debarb every hook, but for dry flies, I do. The reason why is those fish like to eat the dry flies.
2: They eat them hard.
1: They eat them. They'll try and swallow them. They'll eat them, you know? So the easier you can make it on yourself and the fish to get those out. Nymphs, they don't, you know, eat all the time. I know that I'm going to probably, I don't know, not many people email, email us, but I might get some emails about that. Yeah. You should probably debarb every hook. You're probably right but you know sometimes i get to catch fish
2: but you know for us it's sweet when they eat it and then they get off mm-hmm. but when it's a tough day like unfortunately you want that barb. we're gonna keep them wet yeah. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take care of the fish but yeah. we need to land that fish we do
1: um but with dry flies i debarb them all because um, if they you know if they get them good you want to be able to get it out as smoothly as possible um and so let's say you got that debarbed hook do, and I pull it out, is I'm going to blow that fly out. I'm not going to treat it. I'm not going to dry shake it no. immediately. If I, if I just have maybe one or two fish on that, I'm just going to keep blowing it out. Yeah. Until all of a sudden that fly doesn't float anymore. Yeah. Um, and we were playing around with all these different ideas. We seeing how day. long we could go yeah, before exactly. we had to treat it. Until again. we had to treat it again. And so. You know, we'd false cast it a bunch and dry it out and cast it in. If it starts sinking, it'd be like, ah oh, man, you know, now we got to treat it It's done. or we got to change our flies. Um, and so what we'd first try before we change those flies is we treat it again. Yeah. We. The thing too is what I want to get to, but we were very hesitant to use shake. Yeah, We absolutely. The shake, you get a couple good casts, a couple good fish, and then it's toast. I feel like that shake almost, once you get a couple fish, that shake just soaks up all that water. It
2: does. And I think that that is the big thing about dry shake is um, it's absolutely an afterthought. I've seen a lot of people put on flies and then shake it before yeah. they even get it wet. And that just isn't going to work. It's a desiccant, yeah. not a water repellent. There you go. That's a great idea. So So, yeah. you know, it's going to— It just dries them out a like little bit. It's like the silica yeah. gel in your beef jerky. Yeah. You
1: it dries them out. It doesn't necessarily keep them dry. It just dries them out. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if they are floating, you want to keep that fly going, then yeah, you can shake it, but shake is our last resort. Yeah. In my
2: opinion, it's, it's an afterthought. Yeah. So
1: what, what we do, you know, if that fly starts sinking a little bit, we blow it out, blow it out, try and get as dry as possible. And then I'd actually, you know, put some more paste on. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd put a little bit more paste and let it sit for a minute and then I'd start casting again. If it's sinking again, that ply might be toast or I might, if I want to keep it going, I might shake it a couple times.
2: It'll work again if you yeah. put it back in the box and like let it dry out because sometimes they're just waterlogged.
1: And honestly, like, you know, I have, it sounds dumb, but the, the best thing, you know, is the sun. Oh, absolutely. You know, like the sun dries it out. Yeah, um, not too much. No, but, <laughs> but you know, but if yeah. you just leave it if leave it out of the water for a minute.
2: Well, especially on the boat. I mean, I've got, like, a fly patch. I'll just, like,
1: yeah. set it there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll just put on it on one. the fly patch. And put then i the, Exactly. Then you could go back to that, re-grease yeah. it, and it's good to go. Yeah. For a couple more fish. Yeah. You know, you want to try and get the life out of those fish as much, much as you possibly can. I mean, I'm not going to Out of those flies.
2: I'm not going to throw a chubby that's been sitting on there for two months. No. I mean, the legs are going to fall off. Yeah.
1: But, you know. Um, but so we la, dry shake is our last resort. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a minute. Um, but I'll give you a little bit of a dry shake hack. I think people are catching on on catching catching on to. Um, they're selling it in fly shops now. I don't think it's a big secret. Yeah. Um, I we got know. snowmobiles in the garage below us right now. Let's go. <laughs> what are they doing? It's not snowing outside. Rabbit. It's August. They're, who knows what they're up to. Um, but so the dry shake, like once you, you know, finish off your dry shake and all you have in there, those little rocks, you know, like the silica gel you're talking about. Yep. What I do is I buy, you know, and I don't think I'm really blowing anything up. Do you think I am? No.
2: Okay. No. They sell it in the fly shop. You can, if you fly fish, you know what he's going to say.
1: It's called feather dry and it's a big jug, you know, and you can buy it. Basically what it's used for is drying off the like the feathers on arrows yeah are they called fletchings i should know this dude i should know this (laughs) yeah i should know this um but it basically dries off the feathers on arrows for like a bow and arrow yeah um and it's the same it's the same shit it dries out the feathers yeah so i basically use that and i've had one for i don't know who knows how long and you just add a little bit into your old dry shake jug yeah and you, you just add a little bit that's
2: that's a great that's a great hack. And you know what? Another one that's real similar, they sell in fly shops for the most part, is uh Frog's Fanny with yeah. the with the yep. brush applicator. That's because a good there's one. no there's no rocks in the Frog's fanny. But like say you have the Loon Dry Shake, you can dump the whole Frog's Fanny in there or just a little bit, whatever. Yeah. You know. But then you have the powder and the rocks, and that's because the you know, the dry shake that you buy it's like twelve good shakes yeah
1: you, like, there's so much in there it's like but if little, you can just add a little bit you know like you i use like a little paper funnel and i just yeah. add a little bit just to coat those rocks because if you add too much like you do it that's the first time thing i did is like i added up like oh well, this is how it comes in the store a couple shakes it, dude and it's gone
2: you're yeah. like, what the hell happened? Yeah, all you, your shake is gone. You just like
1: pull it out with yeah, the fly. Exactly.
2: It's all on the fly. Your fly is just a snowball.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you got blow it out, and mm. all of a sudden you lost all your shake. That's and that's all just chilling. Um, but the feather dries great. You can add just a little at a time, and it's a big jug. It's like eight nine dollars. Yeah. Um, and you get a big jug of it, and it's just the powder. It's pretty much frogs yeah. fanny. Yeah. You know I mean, it I, is. I don't know. It's just, it's got to be the same. I shit. don't know what works better. It's got to be the same I've shit. Used them both. Yeah. It's um, it's
2: basically the same. Got to yeah.
1: be. But and I guess another hack that I'm thinking about it is I see this all the time, too. When P- You hand them the dry shake to dry their flies out, and they close, close the lid. lid. Oh, Ooh, that's a no-no. Crimp your tippet. Yeah, day. you close the lid, you cr- crimp the tippet. Put your thumb over it, put that fly in there, and shake it.
2: You know what I've noticed, because I've used them both, is the um, the Shimasaki dry shake, the hole, is a lot smaller. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I got, like, bear paws, so yeah. my thumb will cover the hole on the dry shake that comes from loon, but the Shimizaki holes a lot smaller and it has a little foam pad. Yeah. I still don't use that, no. but like, you know, it's way easier to cover.
1: Definitely. So. I like, that's a great idea. If you, I mean those little bottles, if you got those laying a around, cause my thumb doesn't cover the whole loon hole Yeah. on those dry shake bottles. Yeah. It won't cover the whole hole. And that, and that is
2: another good way to lose your powder.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, But that's a little pro tip for you there. Um, You know, another thing, like, I mean, I've used my shirt to dry flies. I've had paper towels, you know, and try and squeeze out all that water. There is a new thing. I saw the mushroom (laughs) patch. I have it written down, joke inserted here. Maybe if somebody Um, gives it to me, I'll try it, but. The loon is making a mushroom patch or something to dry your flies out. I have no idea.
2: Dude, you know, but I was thinking about that the other night when I saw that. It would be a lot different. If you were a, uh, you were not a guide, you know, it's like, sure, dude, let's, let's use the mushroom patch. I don't have to do it for two people yeah. every five seconds.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like to see one in person. I just
2: don't know how that thing's not going to get waterlogged. And now all of a sudden you're just kind of dropping the hat, squeezing your yeah. flies together.
1: Some people use like those little leather chamois.
2: Well, dude, you dry seen, those out? Okay. I keep using the elk care caddis. Everybody knows it. But dude, you can bunch those elk hairs up, and oh, now then all of a sudden it looks again.
1: stupid. Yeah, then they don't float right. So it's like, okay, yeah. are you
2: making more maintenance fluff for yourself? Them up. I always or? fluff my flies oh, too when dude. I grease them. Dude, I fluff I, them up. I get in there and just like start <laughs> oh, yeah. tinkering with hackle fibers. Oh yeah, everything I, I'm moved around. I want it to work.
1: Um, but again, all these processes will work for a short amount of time. Yeah, and then eventually you're going to have to change your flies and put on a new one. So. At the local fly shop, you should probably buy them by the dozen. Yeah, exactly. Buy a lot of them or tie a lot of them. Coming from um, the dude that worked there, uh, and nobody
2: likes the guy that buys two flies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: nobody likes that guy. But I mean, to how we fished them the other day, dude, and we were catching so many fish. Like we, we had we probably went through you know a dozen, half a dozen flies. Yeah, not bad. You know, trying to change them all for out. How many fish? Were yeah, gone. and we didn't lose many. We maybe lost a couple. I think two, but. You know, we still had to change them out because they just quit floating. All these processes will work for a short amount of time.
2: And really, really focusing on not drowning your Mm -hmm. drives. And the thing that I started telling my clients that, I don't know if it really helped, but it makes me feel better, is be deliberate with everything that you do with fly fishing. Yeah. You don't just let your flies sit there for no good reason. No. You don't cast for no good reason. No, Everything you do needs to have a little bit of a purpose.
1: And like you, I mean... It's so hard though, but it's like, I wish people could watch us in the front of the boat or rowing or whatever and just be like, whoa, that dude's not fishing. It's because I'm waiting for my next opportunity. I'm not trying to drown my flies out. My flies are either in my hand and I'm blowing them off, getting ready. And I know that sounds weird, but I'm blowing my (laughs) flies. I'm getting ready. My clients the other day, hey, can you give me a blow job real quick? Like, yeah, no problem, (laughs) man. I'll blow them out for you. Sound like good Um, guys yeah they're awesome guys and they can fish and we caught a lot of fish on dries yeah um but you know we pick our battles with dry flies or any fishing out of the boat or Absolutely. any fishy walk waiting you know we well, pick our battles
2: did you see it with nymphing they'll snag bottom for no good reason lose a fly and it's like well now we don't have that good opportunity because yeah. you don't have a fly and
1: dries are different too where it's like hey I need these flies to float. I'm not going to fish the fastest water. I'm not going to. If I yeah. can't fish this bank, I'm not going to cast to that bank. If yeah. it's too fast, I won't cast.
2: Well, you know, here's the thing that keeps happening, and I, like, I just want to bring it up briefly. But you'll see a hole that's above a rock, and then there's a hole below a rock. Yeah, that requires two casts. Mm-hmm. You don't you let it just go float over, over the, the rock, rock. Yeah. and just get absolutely
1: smashed underwater because yeah. then not they can't come see back flies. up yeah no you know? it won't especially with that recirc or whatever if there's an eddy behind that actually yeah pull it down yeah. and
2: then like 90 percent of the time you're gonna snag something down there yeah. and now you blew both holes
1: what i started teaching people to out of the boat with dry fly fishing is just like look just get it close give it a couple good drifts or a good drift pull it out cast again. yeah you know just keep trying to get it closer closer every time You don't have to let it just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, because they will drown. Yeah. And so you can, float fishing, you can pick up and miss some water. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Pick up, dry your flies, cast again. You know, give it a couple false casts, put it back in. And that's hard to teach. But if you can, again, if you can just kind of, I mean, it's kind of, it's fast and furious. You know, the dry fly fishing is just fast and furious, trying to get on the bank, let it drift for a sec, pull it out, cast again pull it out, cast again. And
2: then there's, there's some real long, nice slicks that require you to leave it a little bit, but that's not like don't mend and just let it get ripped underwater for 50 feet. That is a different thing. That
1: happens quite often. Yeah. Um, and the boat is again, the boat is different. Um, you know, I mean, did I, I don't, I want to, again, I don't want to if you got more process no, that you no, want to go through whatever. or whatever. Keep keep um, rocking it all. Okay. I, I mean, if I'm suit. missing stuff, then let me know. Not that I can think um, of. But, you know, I kind of want to talk about a little bit kind of the walk waiting versus floating just a tad. I know we have touched on a lot of it, um, and we can just kind of hit some bullets here and there. Um, but floating, you know, like we've talked about, we do a lot of float fishing. That's why we talk about it so much. But I want to incorporate the walk waiting because, yeah, this is a full no, totally not
2: everybody gets to float every day. Yeah. And they don't have, you know, buddies that can row them. And, and I, like I was saying earlier, I think we take that for granted a little bit. We do.
1: Um, we're pretty lucky to be able to, yeah, do this. But and- we both,
2: we both started off only doing walk waiting, you know, fishing by ourselves, fishing with family, whatever.
1: Um, yeah exactly but um you know walk waiting I've, I've touched on a lot of these i'll just kind of skim over some of these bullet points but walk waiting you know you are targeting to some rising fish if you can find them um it's very yeah. visual you want to watch those fish come up and you want to try and put it there we we don't have to go too far again into that um you know the fish can be put down blah blah, blah. easily um Floating, you know, we're still looking for rising fish. I brought that up a little bit, kind of out of your peripheral. You're looking for rising fish. The guide's always looking for rising fish. You're always looking for rising fish. Yep. Um, But we're just kind of placing those flies in fishy areas um, and trying to tease them, you know, and get that, them to come up.
2: And that just comes from uh, being able to read water. Yeah. I think that's one of the most crucial parts of fly fishing that often gets overlooked by people that are first starting because there's – a million videos on how to cast and mend and roll cast and do all these special casting but you know you can fish the middle of the river in a riffle all day and like maybe they're not sitting there yeah and you're doing it just right but you're not catching anything yeah
1: so. and so, i mean sometimes you know that's a great thing about floating you know versus walk waiting you just cover a lot more ground you get a lot um, of opportunities yeah exactly that that that's kind that of what i you know you flies. see there's always more river down You know, there's always more coming. Yeah. That's a great part about it. You know, so that's kind of that walkway versus the floating. Um, I I think I have some more bullet points written down about it here. Um, Oh, I definitely do. Um, I would say, you know, walkway in your leader length might change a little bit. Definitely. You know, you might go nine foot leader. I definitely would. 12 foot leader. It depends on how softly you want those flies to. And this is. It depends on your water too. Exactly. I was going to say that we're we're fishing a lot of freestone, but we do fish some tailwater here and there. But there are some areas, you know, I mean, like the Henry's Fork, you yeah. know, where it's like you can't do a lot of these methods. Not an expert there. No, but not no. at all.
2: It requires some serious attentiveness to yeah. what you're doing. And
1: there's different leader types to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, who is it? Harvey. I can't remember his whole name right now i should um you know like the harvey check oh yeah i can't remember his full name right now i should know man he's like the dry fly dude then there's renee harrow yeah but (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna get into something i don't know but there's lots of different leader types i was building dry fly leaders for a while yeah and trying to fish them and out of a boat it didn't work at all
2: but they were perfect for something like the
1: henry's for exactly you know they'd land soft flies would land down soft it was almost like a 12 foot leader yeah you know and everything looked perfect everything was great so there's different leader styles for walk waiting and floating we talked about you know fishing a shorter leader a little bit more stout where you can just really pinpoint areas and get it in there and cast you know you're an operator up there absolutely you know you're just you're just operating man you're just trying to put it in there um but you know and walk waiting too you know you're trying to cast a certain areas that look fishy. You know, you're trying to cast into those riffles and pockets and holes and cast those rising fish. But you know, in a boat, most of the time you're always casting kind of towards the bank. Yeah. And you're trying to put them on the bank.
2: Yeah. And occasionally there's that little shelf in the middle of the river or whatever. But you know,
1: I think a lot of people miss that point too, where it's like, if you're walkway like when I, whenever I go out on a walkway trip and teach people, you know, how to cast from the bank or whatever, we always start close. Hey, yeah. we want to start close and work our way out yep. because a lot of these fish will sit right at our feet and we don't even know. Yeah. So if you go out there trying to throw dry flies, like look at the bank first, you know, cast towards the bank Yeah. and fish on the bank first and I then agree. work your way out, totally. you know, to the riffles or to the slicks or wherever. Fish it comprehensively. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah. at what's going on. Absolutely. You know, don't just get out there and go, all right, fish are in the middle of the river. Cause most times they're sitting right at your feet. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, you'd be surprised how many fish will sit right next to the boat, mm-hmm. you know, and they go, well, you're too close to the bank. Well, you know, fish it on the bank, they'll, they don't, they'll eat it. You know, they'll come up and eat it. Especially if, um, you're, if you're doing it right. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing it right. Um, but kind of just, you know, pick your battles a little bit. I've definitely had some, you know, some guide trips on Taylor where we've been walkwaying, And, you know, we do have that prolific hatch yeah. and we can spook a lot of fish, but you know, it's, there's fish rising all around you, you yeah. know, they're everywhere and people don't understand that, you know, where there's fish all in this river. And it's cool seeing Everywhere. that big hatch because then you can see where all the fish are. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't realize there was a fish five feet in front of me. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a fish behind me.
2: Well, and then it helps <laughs> you get the opportunity to really fish to all of them. Because, you know, if you fish them close, then the middle, then far. Okay, yeah. that can increase your
1: yield of fish yeah. quite a bit. Um, oh, definitely. You know, and, and this is a tough thing I was thinking about too, you know, the, the maintenance on your flies floating or walking you know do you think that you're gonna drown i think you almost drown your flies more walking oh yeah because you can't get as good at drifts all the time
2: yeah especially especially when you're going that way upstream yeah to the fish yeah like you have to let it drift back to you it's not like oh okay we missed that one let's go to the next it's like no you got to let it drift all the way to you and that goes back to what I said. Even if it's not the right cast, you got to let it
1: ride. Yeah, let it ride. You know, keep it going because you never know. I mean, we were stopped today um, in a little shelf, you know, and I was trying to teach this lady how to, you know, wait on her back cast and send that line, load that line, and shoot it out. Yeah. And we, I was showing her, you know, what you can do. I was pulling out a bunch of line, how we want to do it, and sending it way up. I'm just saying, we don't even need a mend here. We can just strip right in. It's coming right to us, you know, all this yeah. stuff. And just letting it go, and a fish ate right next to the boat because I let it go all the way to the boat. Yeah, and, and they a, fish, that. a fish ate right next to the boat while I was showing her how to do it. And it, I mean, it's just that she wasn't letting it go. You know, she thought, "All right, they only have to be right here." Yeah. No, they're everywhere. Totally, you got to pick your battles, and I mean, persistent. You got to just keep, you Absolutely. know. And, like I said, you're operating. You're trying to pick apart the entire river.
2: You have to look at it all. But that being said. Um, you know, growing up, for me, I fished a lot of small creeks. And, you know, creeks you can't even imagine floating. Like, they're just way yeah. too small. But, you know, the fish are a little bit more willing to eat dry flies in there. I think because they're shallower, they got a, a little bit more of a shorter season, than, and they're just yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. And, you know, all of, all of this stuff, I think, uh, applies differently on your different fisheries. So, you know, if you're fishing oh, for a small sure. creek, you know, you might be able to size down that leader, go a little bit more obnoxious with your flies, you know, and see, because a lot of times on a small creek, they'll eat ridiculous flies. Right.
1: You can, that's a great point. And that
2: makes it really fun. It's like, oh my God, he just ate a size two stone fly and he's you only You can almost eight throw eight inches a lot long. of
1: attractors, you yeah. know.
2: And that's it's true. great. It's a fun time.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great point that we didn't really talk about too much is the small creek dry fly fishing Which too. Is,
2: that's how I learned. And you know, we weren't throwing anything special. Nobody was trying to match a hatch. It's like you go out all day and throw a royal wolf. Yeah. And uh usually it works all yeah, day.
1: You see fish. So yeah. You know I mean that's a great point on those small creeks, you know, especially if you're fishing up high, high mountain streams. Yeah. You know, you can you don't have to be as picky, you know, you can or those fish aren't as picky is what i mean it's
2: a great place to start learning
1: it is and i i've done a lot of trips like that with little yeah. kids where you're like hey man we're gonna go fish a high mountain brookie stream they catch them yeah and they're you're not like, huge but here's a parachute adams man have perfect. at her yeah, yeah. Exactly. just get it in the water and you'll see exactly fish. all you gotta do is get in the water so that's a great point too, to kind of learn a little bit about that you know and just yeah trying to get that fish to eat you know and you can put those little fish down too
2: oh you definitely can yeah. if you're slapping the water they're They're used to trying to, for things to try to eat them. So, they're looking out for stuff that's
1: going to, you know. Yeah, you can be a little bit more lenient with your fly selection on those small creeks.
2: You still don't want to be just beating up water constantly. And you still want to work your way out. Diligently. Yeah. Work the whole thing. Yeah. You don't have to because usually they're sitting everywhere in there and you can kind of just whatever yeah but if you're really looking to fish it like a professional you work your way out every hole
1: and it yeah and it definitely depends on the creek you're fishing too you know i mean i've fish creeks that are a foot wide yeah you know and i've fish creeks that are 10 feet wide it's a
2: little bit harder to work your way out yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you're like
1: well i'm just trying to get one drift <laughs> just so, just kind of in there let me just not hit and the just, weeds yeah <laughs> exactly i'm just trying not to get snagged on the weed yeah and then i'll be good um, and yeah, so, I mean, you don't have, but I've seen that too, you know, where there's some pressure on those small creeks and you definitely have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, and maybe even no go doubt. that dry dropper rig or something. Yep. Um, I don't like, I have a ton of more, ton more stuff <laughs> written down, but I feel like we've covered quite a bit. Totally. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's hard, man. And I, I but I've been doing that with clients. Here's a great point. Okay. For guides out there or people trying to teach, their family members or kids, how to fish. You know, I brought it up in the beginning, but I started dry fly fishing. Yeah. You know, obviously that gets you going. That's the best thing you can do is watch a fish come up and eat a dry fly. So I've been doing that a lot with my beginner clients, yeah. you know, as well as seasoned clients, but just, Hey, let's watch some fish come up and eat your dry fly. That oh, way, yeah. you know, you know that there's fish here and that, you know, that Hopefully I've given you all the instruction I possibly can. And those fish are coming up and eating those flies. And if you miss, that's on you on that one. Yeah. You know, like they actually get to see the fish. So that's kind of a cool aspect, you know, for guiding is, you know, if the dry fly fishing is good or, you know, par, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You can throw some dry flies here and there and watch fish come up and eat. And clients get stoked.
2: There's no mistaking no. a dry fly eat exactly. when you see it.
1: Yeah, you, know. you see it. It's hard to see that indicator and be like, was that a fish? I'm like, I'm not sure. You got to set the hook. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, or watch a hop dropper at times where you're like, I'm not sure. Set the hook. Yeah. You know, that's tough. It's not as visual as the dry fly. I mean,
2: sticks and rocks don't come up and eat dries. No, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> they definitely eat nymphs. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. eat nymphs pretty they good. They eat nymphs. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of that on my guide trips lately. Just you know, why not? It's like, let's see some fish come up and eat some drys. Well, um, you know,
2: that's that's the thing. Yeah. I I feel like a lot is, um, sure you can you can throw an infrig um, and make your day. Yeah, you know, but the people don't really leave with any more knowledge. Yeah.
1: than they came with exactly.
2: And I feel like, you know, you're actually working better to turn people into yeah. actual anglers. Exactly, yeah, and get uh, them hooked. Get them hooked on what's actually happening and yeah. what what can be possible with fly fishing. You know, it's yeah. not just about and I, uh, turn and burn with people. No,
1: yeah, exactly. A lot. And a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want to sit in a hole and just nymph. You Man. know, a lot of people don't understand what's going on there, what you're trying to do. And I did a little bit of that today, but honestly, like, I keep going back to it because it's just fresh in my mind, but my lady today, you know, is like, Dude, she missed, you know, half a dozen fish right off the bat. You know, she saw a bunch of fish and then she hooked one, you know, and she was ecstatic. She's like, oh, I get it. I understand. I know what I'm yeah. looking for now. You know, I understand what's going on. I love that. And she'd never fished in her life, you know, fly yeah. fished, And she was like, this is awesome. You know, and she was like, I don't need to catch any more fish as long as you just keep te-. And I was like, well, we're going to catch more fish or you'll miss more. No, fish. You don't say that. We're yeah. going to see more fish. Yeah, we're going to see more fish. You know, we're going to see more. But, you know, just getting her on that dry fly got her stoked. Where And you learn more. You learn about mending, about managing your line, about setting the hook, about all kinds of stuff. And if you can cast a dry fly, you can cast most rigs. Yeah, absolutely. Because it takes a lot of finesse it to takes, cast a dry fly. You
2: actually have to fly fish yeah. to cast a dry fly. Yeah,
1: and it's not easy. And it's not easy. No.
2: And uh, it's... I don't know. It's just the coolest way to catch fish. It is,
1: man. And, you know, like I said, people just get stoked on it. You know, I'm definitely not. We were talking about it the other day. But I I did this last year too, man, where I just, like, I quit throwing the hopper dropper, quit throwing the nymph rigs, and I was like, I'm throwing dry flies until I absolutely have to nymph. Yeah. And it was good. Last year was a great dry fly year, though. It was an insane dry fly year. But, you know, it was like, screw it, man. I'd rather see a fish come up and eat a dry fly. Instead no, of watching an indicator and, go down. And, and and you know, I'm not saying anybody's doing it wrong. No. I'm just saying I got bored. But
2: <laughs> but by the same token, um, I believe that with beginners, you can catch the same amount of fish on drys. You
1: know, I've been thinking that.
2: And it's like, okay, you know, maybe you catch a dozen fish on the nymph or you catch a dozen fish on the dry yeah. fly. Or what's, you see a dozen fish on the What's more dry fun? Fly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Would you rather see a fish come up and eat? And I had some longtime clients the other day. Pretty good fishermen, they're avid, you know, they do, I mean, avid in a certain sense. Right, right, right. But, I mean, they do three or four trips with me a year, and yeah. then they'll go to Montana and fish, they'll go to Wyoming That's and fish. That's better than most you know, avid. Like, oh, yeah, you know, most people, I think I said on the last podcast, where it's like, people will be like, oh, I've been fishing for 40 years, and i like, oh, so you've been on one trip a year for the last 40 years? You've been fishing 40 times Yeah, in 40 you've been years. fishing 40 times in 40 years. That doesn't mean you're avid um but you know these guys they're like i told them right up front i go look i want to throw dry flies today and this is the day after we went and floated and i was like dude trust me yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna like the way I, you look <laughs> i guarantee it <laughs> <laughs> but i was and i told him you know here's how we're gonna do it here's how it's gonna work and halfway through the dude in the back of the boat looks at me and goes cameron this is the best time i think i've ever had with you fishing he goes, man. We're throwing dry flies. We get to see fish come up and eat. I don't know how many I've missed. I don't know how many I've caught. Yeah, you know that's Perfect. a great time. That's what you want, you know. And I asked him after. I go, "Well, are you guys gonna fish again this year?" I don't see any trips on the books, and they go, "Oh yeah, we'll book, we'll book a couple." I'm like, "Good, that's nice. what I'm talking about," you know. Like, oh nice, oh nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, it's just it's like I said at the beginning. It's the epitome of fly fishing, man, and. You know, again, I'll probably get some shit from a certain someone about this podcast. And I definitely don't know Whatever. enough about dry fly fishing, but I, I'm learning.
2: Nah, who does, dude? Yeah. Who does?
1: I mean, here's a great point too, and this comes from, you know, Maddie, where he says, you know, man, like I I fish dry flies because I want to be good at it mm-hmm. when there is a prolific hatch. You know, I'm gonna fish That's dry awesome. flies. I'm gonna fish dry flies so I'm good. And then all of a sudden there's going to be a prolific hatch and I'm going to be banging them up because I'm going to be proficient at it. Well, and that's, that's, it's a good point. It's just
2: getting better, being better, being smarter. Exactly. Doing it as best as possible. Being better
1: fishermen, being better guides, being better. Not trying to beat anybody, but ourselves really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I brought that up on the podcast too. It's like, look, the only, you know, the only person I'm out there trying to be better than is myself. You know that's the only person I have to think about that day because yeah. I have to be better than me than I was the day before.
2: Yeah, and that's I think that's the most important thing you can yeah. do, even if you're not a guide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every time you go, every fishing. every time you fish, like you know, you can't just settle into one thing, one way to fish, just dry flies, just hopper drop, or yeah. just nymphing. You know, you well, got to know. I have
1: all. I have something written down. I don't know how much I have on it, but you know, there's those dry fly enthusiasts out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that only throw dry flies. No, I only throw dry so. Yeah, I only throw dry And that's okay. That's all right. You know, maybe they're older. That's all they know. Um, but there's also streamer enthusiast, enthusiasts out there. All they throw are streamers. Streamer junkie. My thing is, you know, it's kind of like, you. I think you need to be good at all of it. Got to be. And the only way to get good at it all is to try it all. And don't get stuck in one way.
2: Well, there's a difference between being a fly fisherman and a dry fly fisherman. Exactly. And there's a difference so.
1: between being a fly fisherman and a nymph fisherman. Yeah. There's a difference in all of them. If you only do one thing, if you only nymph, if you're, but that's my, that's what I'm saying about that. You know, like if you're going to, I mean, you might as well get good at dries, you know, and throw dries. drys, you know, yeah. it's the same thing with nymphing. If you're not catching them, you might as well get good at it until you know you're good. Yeah. And then move on, go to something else. Well, there's days
2: where you could be throwing the best dry fly casts and drifts ever, and they're just not going to come up and
1: eat it. Yeah, and but that, it's cool to get good at it. Oh, and totally. then be like, all right, when they are coming up, I'm going to be good. Yeah. but then And that way, when you go to walk or get on the boat, you're good. You're
2: you dry fly expert. Yeah. But, you know, by the same token, you want to get good at it all, like you just Exactly. Because.
1: Well, I mean, okay, here's a great you point. You want to catch fish. And here I go. I'm about to get on a streamer rant. but i do this but i'm going for it so i mean the other day when we were floating with beer gun um you know we were throwing dry flies most of the day got a little windy um and we're still throwing dries we're still having okay luck we got into the lower section it got a little cloudy and the water churned up a little bit i think from tamichi coming in or whatever and i was like you know what screw it i'm gonna throw a streamer yeah i just want to see what happens I just want to see if I can see a big one. That's kind of what I was going for. And I told you when I tied on the streamer, I said, if it's not happening, it's not happening. And I'm not going to beat my dick into the wall trying to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. But we saw three probably really good-sized fish. You know, over 20.
2: One that was insane.
1: Yeah. One that didn't eat, but he was. it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. But my whole thing is like, I would say I'm not trying to be arrogant here. I would say I can fish a streamer. I'm good at it. Yeah, but I know that already. I don't need to pick it up all the time. Streamer fishing isn't that hard. You know, once (laughs) once you do it, once you get it, and you understand how to do it, and you know, but you can take the most, like the biggest streamer enthusiast, and be like, hey, watch this, and you can show them something. Like, oh, I never knew how to do that. Yeah, you know, and you're like, yep, this will change your game, and. I'm going to exclude somebody from this, and that's <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Gallup, dude. I mean, okay, but Kelly Gallup's a nymph fisherman. No, I know, but he's good at everything. He's good at everything. He's really good. He is a fly fisherman. He's good at it all. Yeah. I'm not saying, okay, I'm not the best streamer fisherman. I'm good at it. No, no, yeah. I can tease fish and I can get them to eat. Oh, totally. And I can get them to the boat and then get them to eat. Totally. You know, next to the boat. But, you know, like, Once you're good at something, you know, like, yeah, I could always get better at throwing a streamer. I could always get different, but
2: it's not something I want to do. (laughs) Streamer fishing is... uh, It's not something I want to do. I'd rather see... I don't don't know, know, man. Trout eat bugs. They eat other fish occasionally, but they mostly eat bugs.
1: And honestly, I told you when I tied it on, I was like, I just want to see a big fish. I want to see what's in there, And it
2: will move them because...
1: I was just using it as freaking sonar, pretty much. Like, you know, I'm just... Looking for big fish, well, they, so then I can catch they them. They chase little fish
2: <laughs> out of their hole. They'll yeah. eat little fish occasionally. Yeah, you know, and they, we didn't
1: see that many eats. No, we just moved fish, and that's.
2: I feel like that's a lot of what happens with streamer fishing. There's some people. Same
1: get, with dries too. Yeah, yeah. Dry I mean, flies. We, that's what kind of what we talked about. You know, when I was talking about the hopper dropper and even dry flies, like dry flies, you might not necessarily get them to eat all the time. They come out and look at it. But they come out, you can see them. It's kind of, you know, same thing as the streamer at times where you're just fish finding. You know, like, you're just moving fish trying to see them. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people get into the streamer action.
2: Uh, I mean, it's constant action. When when it's good. When it's
1: good. Sometimes it's just like you're... And honestly, the other day, it wasn't good. No. No. It was just we moved a couple big fish where we're like now we know where they're at. Now we've had some days where streamer fishing yes. is real good. Yes, I'm not I mean they eat it.
2: Yes, and it's like oh
1: I know okay and but it honestly the streamer rod only comes out when it's like all right this is the, I know that it's cloudy it's rainy it's shitty This is the only thing that's gonna work right now
2: and yeah that's and I mean you know I don't know in man our repertoire Am I think I just that like, that's b- that's where it has its place a lot of people. You know, maybe they have something else figured out that we don't know about. Email us. Yeah. You know, let's talk Email about Email us. It. But I come from a standpoint where fish eat bugs, well, trout eat bugs, and they occasionally will eat other fish. I hope
1: we get so many, like, freaking streamer people coming in. Dude, I, like, I want it. I only fish streamers. I want that debate to happen. Because,
2: I do. You know, a lot of people are like, my biggest fish ever came on a streamer. And I know people. Yeah. But my biggest fish ever came on a really tiny nymph. Yep. So. Well, trout.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know. You know, there's a time. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I'm backtracking a little bit. I'm kind of like,
2: I don't know. Well, it's just a discussion. It's a conversation. This is a conversation you could have at the bar or on podcast. So, you know, there's. And that's what we're doing.
1: But, you know, it's just like. Dude, you didn't say anything the other day. When I broke it out, you're just like, yeah. And I didn't even have streamers on me. You, I had to borrow one from you because I was like, I didn't even bring them, <laughs> and dude. My streamer collection yeah, is Yeah, I abysmal. was like, well, this one kind of looks okay. I'll try it. Yeah, I don't have you much know? going on in there. But it was just, it was like one of those things where it was late in the day and it got a little cloudy and I was like, ah, screw it. You know, like I'm going to go for it and see if I can move one. But what did we say after that float? I went, now we know where the big ones are and well, we can catch them on a bug now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now we can try and get one in there and catch it on a bug.
2: Also, I just want to bring this up. Would you rather see a really big fish eat a
1: dry fly
2: or Definitely a Definitely a dry fly. Yeah, dude.
1: I'd much rather so. see it a dry fly. And most times that doesn't happen. No. But, you know, my biggest fish with a client to date was on a dry fly. Yeah. 27 inches on a dry fly.
2: That's badass. Pretty sick. Yeah. And but we just got, you know, we threw dries yesterday and we caught several fish in the 18 to 20 range oh yeah on dry flies
1: yeah so that was cool that's way cooler dude Than like i don't know dude and streamer, streamer fishing just wears you out man uh, it's dude where's your arm it's out? ugly
2: it's ugly yeah
1: this is the other thing it doesn't look good i mean it doesn't always have to look good but hopefully we get some emails like, oh it's effective oh look at this fish i can't wait to see him yeah bring it you on know, dude. let's let's do I, I this I, I will go toe-to-toe on the streamer debate i feel like let's go
2: what needs to happen is you need to you need to email but then you need to come out for a showdown we're gonna get go yeah, exactly. sunny day versus cloudy day yep. you don't get to throw anything with streamers yeah both this. and we'll throw drives <laughs> and off driver yeah. and and then we'll see what we'll happens see, we'll see what happens yeah
1: see what the biggest fish is yeah well i mean I, I've always wanted to have that competition with somebody, but like with other flies too, you know, where it's like, all right, look, you get to pick one fly for me that I get to fish all day, but I get to fish it the way I want. Yeah. I get to pick one fly for you, but it has to be within a certain standard. Yeah. You know, like it can't just be crazy, like, oh, you have to throw this freaking ant pattern all day. You know, it can't be some <laughs> like that or like, oh, you got to throw this flying ant all day. Good luck, you know. But I want to have a competition like that. Oh yeah, it'd be fun to have a streamer comp. That would. Be we fun. might have a dude maybe at some point in time that wants to go Euro nymphing versus regular. I mean, but dude, I don't know if I'm he's in. no Lance Egan, but
2: that'd be tough to go up against Lance Egan. Yeah,
1: but I don't know, man. I just no, nah, dude. I
2: but there's a kid that lives in Crested Butte that uh, apparently is quite the Euro nympher. Really? Yeah.
1: Hmm. We'll have to talk to this guy. I w- I would love to talk to him. Hmm. You have contact info for this guy? I think uh, <laughs> one of the other guides. Okay. And, I want to yeah. check it out, Yeah. Um, I want to check it out. But I guess the moral of the story is, like, you got to be good at it all. Got to. You can't just be good at one thing. Yeah. You know, like, you got to be able to change it up and be good at all of it.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what makes you an effective fly fisherman, yeah. not a one-trick pony.
1: Exactly. No, that'd suck, dude. If I was a one-trick pony, no. <laughs> this is all I got, man. <laughs> all I know how to throw is one chubby and one dropper, dude. I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> They're not I'm eating done. It? Well, I'm toast. Pack it up. Yeah, but like, okay, here's those times where it's like you get fish eating indicators, and you're like, why am I nymphing right now? Yeah. You know, like, what am I doing? Fish are eating indicators. They're obviously looking <laughs> They're looking something. up. Yeah, they're looking up. You know, why don't I throw a big-ass indicator fly? Yeah. Maybe we should Might try well. pink chubbies, dude. It's all pink chubbies. They love to eat pink bobbers for some
2: reason. I don't know what that's about.
1: I'm just going to start tying. Oh, got it. I got, it. Peg a hook I got the fly. It. I got the fly, dude. Grease up a big egg, pink egg, dude. McFly. Right. <laughs> throw droppers <laughs> off of Yeah, it. dude. <laughs> Just grease it yeah. up, dude, and freaking, ooh, that a big foam ball. Yeah, that's all you need. You tie your own indicator. And just put a hook in there. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's it. Game over. Done. We got it figured out. We're good at fly fishing now. That's that's all <laughs> that you need to do. I don't know if I have more to say on dry flies. Uh, I went on my streamer rant for the podcast. So yeah, that, no, that was good. I enjoyed uh, that. Hopefully, we covered... Bunch of stuff about dry flies. I'm sure we're gonna get some shit. I'm sure people have more things to say. That's fine. We can only say it's fine. so much in one sitting. I guess I
2: guess because there's I, so many things you can cover. Totally, I'm not sitting here trying to say that you're wrong. Yeah, is what I want to. Yeah, wanna leave with
1: no, and we're not saying it's we're exactly takeaway, right.
2: But like. You know, different rivers, I guess. It's just so our there's experience, some, There's probably too. some rivers where it's like, dude, streamer fishing is the way yeah, to go. Yeah, exactly. So, you know.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that about certain yeah, things. I've know. been to rivers I'll like do that. it, you know.
2: Oh, I'm not against it. No. I'm just saying that here on this river. I mean, river, I'm
1: pretty against it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. If that's all I got to do to catch fish, yeah, I'll do it. And I I'll, like
2: to see trout eat bugs. That's all true that I am gonna say.
1: All right, well, I guess we can wrap up what we got. But, yeah, um, send us your emails, theguidedtrip at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, theguidedtrip. Um, Dane's on ins- Instagram, backcast. What is it? Yep. Just backcast?
2: Back.cast.
1: Back.cast. That's, That's Dane. Um, and, yeah, Ryan wasn't here, so we don't need to plug him. <laughs> Stupid. Um, but. Uh, oh, yeah, it would have been good if he was here. He's a big streamer guy. He is, man. He would have had some things to say. He yeah. doesn't throw dry flies often.
2: That would have been a good argument yeah. for everyone
1: to oh, hear. we would have gotten into it. Yeah. I need to get it.
2: Pour some booze on that argument? Ooh. Oh,
1: man. We need to get a good streamer fisherman here. Well, just even a. Oh, just this guy who throws streamers constantly. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we need to get one here, though, and just really. Soak up the booze and go after it. Yeah, let's get into <laughs> Wait till it until we get heated. Ding ding ding. Yeah, <laughs> drop the gloves, freaking go for it, dude. Shirt over the head. <laughs> Start pierce, piercing them with streamers. <laughs> Throwing dry flies at his face, dude. Like sand in you the eyes. Yeah, sand in the eyes, but they're just dry flies. <laughs> Ow, dry flies. <laughs> they burn. <laughs> I hate them. <on. laughs> um, well, yeah. Send us uh, send us your comments, concerns hate us, love us, whatever you want. Um, we enjoy doing the podcast. so
2: I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I
1: kind of want to hear it too. I hope this gets crazy.
2: Rip us up.
1: Um, yeah, thanks guys. This has been The Guided Trip.